and welcome to Get In, We're Going Healing. My name is Tova, and I will be your host today. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode on cognitive behavioral therapy. I know I enjoyed that talk. Stephanie was very knowledgeable. On this week, we are going to talk about forgiveness and surrender. Now, I hope that you are ready for this talk. We've, I've tried to keep things a little bit lighter. It may not be as light as I originally thought, um, but I'm hoping to keep things a little bit lighter this week. Last week's topic on cognitive behavioral therapy was pretty heavy. There was some pretty heavy stuff in there. Um, so I'm hoping to keep things a little bit lighter. There's going to be some heavy stuff in here. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be, there's going to be some heavier topics in here. Um, but again, this is all just for the purpose of healing. This is also that we can recognize our stuff and that we can process it and we can heal it and we can move forward as our best, most authentic selves. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is let's go with surrender. Okay. So now this one's a tough one for people. Okay. This is a, a tough topic in that to surrender means to recognize that there is something bigger than yourself that you are letting go. Now, we as humans often feel that we are the be-all and end-all, let's say, for lack of a better term, um, so that we are, we choose our lives, we choose the things we do, the people around us, that we are, that we are the ones making all the choices. Now, for those who follow the path of um, atheism, which a lot of people do, um, this is a tricky one, because we often feel that we are everything. If, if you are atheist, then you don't believe that there is a higher power. You don't believe in God. You don't believe in any of that stuff. Now, here's where the crux of spirituality comes in. Spirituality is not necessarily religion. Now, personally, I am not, excuse me, I'm just going to cool down a little bit. It's a little warm in here. Um, I am not a religious person. I was raised as a Protestant with heavy focus on religion, uh, but I am personally not a religious person. I am a spiritual person where I believe that there is a higher power, um, and I, I fall into that. I might have at one time called myself agnostic, um, which means for those who are not in the know, agnostic means that you believe, you don't believe in God, but you believe there is a higher power. Now, I use that term spirituality rather than agnostic, um, just in the understanding that I don't ascribe to any particular one belief system. Um, I consider myself somewhat eclectic in that I take spiritual ideas from various different paths. I definitely resonate with things in shamanism. I resonate, resonate, sorry, resonate with things in um in more like the the buddhist system the taoist system i identify with things in um, older religions such as um, like the different pagan religions and when i say pagan pagan is a term that means you more than one deity okay so you've got your monotheistic religions that are um, the big three is what i call them um, islam christianity and judaism Judaism. Uh, those are the big monotheistic belief systems where there is one deity. There may be three aspects of them. Um, as in Christianity, there is the three aspects. Um, but I don't believe, or as, yeah, and, and Judaism has Yahweh 
if I'm not mistaken, I, I may be, I may be incorrect on that. Um, but there is, there's more to it, right? There's just the three. Then you've got other faith systems, faith-based systems like um, animism, shamanism, uh, Hindu, uh, Buddhist is more of a philosophy than an actual religion. Um, but you've got like different, different other systems, okay, that have, that rely on multiple gods. You'll see that in like um, Norse belief systems, where you've got like Odin and Thor and uh, Loki, which everyone's usually familiar with those, thanks to the Marvel Universe. Um, but you've got those Freya, those are uh, multiple gods, okay, and you've got that in um, shamanism, uh, the, the Native American belief systems, you've got that in um, Hindu, in, in the belief systems of Hindu, where you've got like uh, Vishnu and Ganesh and um, the different the different deities in that as well. So all of those, as far as I'm concerned, they're all spiritual. The religion itself, as far as I believe it, now this, I'm not speaking for anyone else. I'm speaking only for myself and my understanding. Religion is the writing of the rules that you have to follow in order to follow that spirituality system, the, the basis of the rules. To me, spirituality is your connection to divinity, whatever that means, okay? However that looks for you, that doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what how you believe, okay? Your belief system is tied to you. It is an individual choice for what works for you. It may not work for other people and that's okay. It needs to work for you. So spirituality to me is believing in something bigger than yourself. Okay. It doesn't matter what you call it. The name is insignificant. Whether you call it God, spirit, source, higher power, deity, higher self. If you don't really want to give it outside that call, your higher self or the force in our home, we're very Star Wars. We're a very Star Wars centric family. So there's a lot of talk about the force, the energy that is in all things. It does not matter what you name it. Okay. That's not the point. Names are names are names. That's it, not, it, it's the important part is what it is, how it affects you, what you connect with. Right. So understand that there is something greater than you. Okay. So surrendering is acknowledging that there is something bigger than you and saying that you are letting go of your need to control the things in your environment, the people in your environment, even yourself, in a sense, you're saying that you're letting go of the need to control and allowing spirit, spirit, source, higher self, God, again, doesn't matter what you name it, but you're letting that energy exist without your need to try to manipulate and control that. Okay. So that's accepting life as it comes, accepting life as what is given and what comes without trying to control it. It's accepting the curveballs and learning to adapt to what life throws at you rather than trying to control what life throws at you. Now, nothing has made this more clear than the pandemic. And I found this myself as I worked through my stuff during the pandemic. And of course, you can't control what's going on. You can't control 
the virus. You can't control whether you catch it or not. If you even want to call it that, I mean, that's a whole different topic, which we're not going to get into. But you can't, you don't have control of what other people do. You don't have control of what other people say. You don't have control of your environment in that way. You cannot control what's happening in the world. You can't. You Go ahead and try. Go ahead and try and see what that gets you. See if that actually makes any difference whatsoever. I can promise you it won't. It won't because you don't have that control. You have control of you, only you, and how you react to things. That is absolutely the only thing you have control. You don't control your children. You don't control your spouse. You don't control your parents. You don't control your friends. You don't control your coworkers. You don't control your boss. You have no control over any of those things. So learning to surrender means learning to give up the feeling that you have to control those things and do something about it and adapt them and change them, change other people's beliefs, change other people to understand things the way that you see them, change other people to do things the way you want them to do. You don't have control over those things. You have control over you. Okay. So learning to surrender is learning to let go of the desire to control those things. Let people do what they're going to do. Let people say what they're going to say. If something someone says triggers you, that's on you to address your trigger and ask yourself, why does that upset me? What is it that that sets off? What does that trigger in me that needs to be healed? When my children don't listen, okay, when they don't do as I ask them to do, what does that trigger in me? When my spouse does not respond in the way that I want them to respond, what does that trigger in me? How does that affect me? And what can I do? Because if somebody does something you don't like, you can't change that. I mean, for real, you really can't. Like if we're being truly honest, you can't. Your spouse doesn't notice that you got a new haircut and then you're going to sit there and be mad about it. Is that really the best use of your energy? You can't control that. Your spouse doesn't pick up their dirty laundry. Okay. And you've asked them to, and they don't. What is that that's triggering in you? You can't control their behavior. You can control your behavior. You can control your emotions. You can control your thoughts and responses. You can't control theirs. So learning to surrender and saying, you know what? I give it. I let it go. I let it go. I give it to the universe. I give it to source. I give it to spirit. I give it to God. I give it to deity. I give it to whatever. I give it to the, the force to just be, to just be, to let it be, to let it exist as it is without your need to make something happen. Because if we're honest, what happens when you try to make something happen? Okay, let's give an example of your spouse. You've asked your spouse to, or your partner, let's say, just so we're inclusive of everybody, you ask your partner to wash their dishes when they're done eating, okay? And you come into the room and find they have left their dirty dishes on the counter, not in the sink where dishes could go, but just sitting on the counter. And that triggers you to get angry because you know you've had this talk with them and you know you've asked them to do it. And then your ego, as we talked about before, your ego, your mental self, starts running a story and starts rambling a story about how 
they didn't put their dishes away. They didn't put them, they didn't wash them. They didn't clean them. They left it for you. They don't respect you. They don't care about you because if they did, they would have done what you asked. And now you're spinning a story. Okay. But do you have control over whether they do that? No. But you do have control over the story that your mind is spinning, don't you? You have the ability to go, hold on, is that true? As we talked about with Stephanie about our coping skills, we have a moment to say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that really true? Do I really believe that my partner does not love me and does not care about me because they didn't wash their dish? Do I believe that's actually true? Is there enough evidence to support that my partner does not care about me because they did not put, they did not wash their dish like I asked them to? Instead, we can step back and go, now hold on. Is it possible that maybe my partner forgot? Maybe they had something else they had to do. Maybe they had to go to the bathroom. Maybe they get called away for something. Maybe my kid called them and they, they walked away and they forgot. Or maybe there was something on their mind and they didn't notice. As Stephanie said, we can then be more empathetic, right? We can respond from a place of empathy instead of from a place of anger, right? So even if we can't stop and step back, we can say, I'm just going to let this go. I'm going to let it go, okay? It's not within my control. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to take control of myself. I'm going to breathe, bring myself back to center, and then I'm going to let go. And I'm going to let the universe handle it. Okay. I don't need to go and get in my partner's face and be like, you didn't put your dish away. Like I asked you to, I don't need to do that. Why? That's just my ego taking a hit and saying, Hey, I feel good when I confront this person because they upset me. And now I have to make it known to them. But does that make the situation better? I don't think it does. When we learn to surrender and let go and say, you know what? I'm going to let the universe handle it. We might be able to say to our partner later when we're in a calm state, oh, hey, I washed that dish for you and put it away. And then it might jog them and go, oh, nuts. I forgot I was supposed to do that. So sorry. I, yeah, I meant to do that. And I got called away. I'm sorry. And maybe they don't. But that's not the point, right? That's not the point. The point is that we don't need to control everything around us. It serves us no purpose. It does not benefit us. It does not affect things in a positive way. And it does not make us our highest self. It does not make us our best selves. Okay. And of course, that's what we want in our healing pattern is to be our best selves. Right. So one of the things that I found that helped me now, this may not be for everybody. Okay. But I'm going to throw it out here because it, it was very helpful for me. All right. So I found there was an album that was released last year by Leanne Rhymes. Some of you may remember Leanne Rhymes. A la, how could I, how do I live without you from like the late nineties, I believe early two thousands, something like that. It must be nineties. Cause I remember being in high school when it came out and I was in, I was in high school in the nineties. Um, yeah. I'm that old. So I, uh, I do remember that song coming out. And when my sister recommended the album to me, I was like, uh, Leanne Rhymes. Like, I remember Leanne Rhymes and, you know, all that. And I don't know if that's for me. And then I listened to the album. Now, Leanne Rhymes, like everybody else, was stuck at home during the pandemic. And she found her spirituality and her connection with divinity even deeper during the pandemic, like many of us, 
her, she was faced with her traumas and she had to heal them. And she learned to surrender to do that. Now in doing that, spirit, source, higher self, whatever, channeled through her. And she ended up writing this album entitled Chant. And they're all songs that are reminding us that we are souls. We are greater than our physical selves. We are greater than just this meat suit that we live in on this 3D planet, on this three-dimensional world that we live in. We are more than that. Our consciousness is greater than that. Excuse me. So she has a song that's called, I think it's called What I Cannot Change. And this one was very instrumental and very important for me. This, this was very helpful in my learning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And understanding the words are, I will learn to let go what I cannot change. I will learn to love what I cannot change. I will learn to forgive what I cannot change. And this helped me greatly while I was working through my trauma. And of course, many of us found being trapped in a home with our partners created a lot of strife because we were unable to run away when our partners stressed us out. Or when we, let's just say when we were triggered by the stresses created by being in such a close environment with our spouses, when our unresolved traumas were triggered, we reacted. And it, as I, I remember seeing in, uh, a headline that said, when the lockdown ended in China, many people flocked to divorce lawyers because these partners were trapped in a home without their usual coping skills. You weren't able to go out with your friends. You weren't able to go and have a drink. You weren't able to go dancing. You weren't able to, whatever it is that you do to cope normally was gone. And you're being trapped in close quarters with somebody who's frustrating you and you can't get away from them. Or again, they're not making you feel that way because nobody makes anybody feel anything. You are feeling that way and you are having a hard time processing and coping. So then you get upset, right? So I found this song to be very helpful in understanding to let go. You know, I can't make my partner do anything that he doesn't want to do. I can't make him change nor should I, because the only person I have control over is myself, right? So I learned to let go and say to source, to the divine, all right, I leave it with you. I ask for help. I ask for help. I don't know what to do. I am frustrated. I am having a very hard time. I, I can't change him. I can't make him be what I want him to be. So I let go. I let go and I trust that whatever is going to happen will be for my highest good. And I let go. I let go of trying to control him. I let go of trying to control my situation. I let go of trying to control the whole deal. I let go. I just let go. I learn to let go of what I cannot change. I learn to forgive what I cannot change. I learn to love what I cannot change. Love is the highest vibration that we can have. Love catapults us to the stratospheres of frequency. It makes us our best selves. 
when we are love. And I don't mean in love. Okay, that's different. What I mean is when we show love to ourselves and to others, we show our best selves and we feel happier when we are giving love to others. So we let go of the need to control. We let go of the need to control the outcome. We can't control the outcome and if we want to, excuse me, we cannot control the outcome. Okay, we can't. You don't have that kind of power. I mean, let's be real. You don't. You don't. You don't have the, the power to control what the outcome of anything is. Stuff goes sideways. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I went crazy. Well, yeah, because you don't have the ability to control that. That's not within you to do. You don't have that. So you let go and you adjust on the fly. I believe it was... Um, Oh, I'm having a brain fart. She's married to Dax Shepard. <sighs> if only I could remember her name, I don't pop up. Um, but she calls it pivot. You pivot. Something challenging happens and you're like, what the heck do I do now? You pivot. Okay. And you let go of control. Trying to control things helps you not at all. Not even a little bit. I read a quote somewhere that said, um, our biggest problem is expectation." Our biggest problem with ourselves and with our partners is expectation. We expect something to happen in a certain way. And when it doesn't, we end up feeling different feelings because we expected it to happen in a way that we wanted it to happen. And when it does not happen that way, we end up getting upset because we pictured in our mind a certain way we wanted it to go. We expected it to go a certain way. We expected someone to say a certain thing or to do a certain thing or our children to be a certain way, or we pictured this whole wonderful scene in our mind. And we expected reality to follow suit. And when it does not, our ego goes, no, we can't have this. It has to be this way because I decided it has to be this way. And we lose our ability to cope because we expected things to happen in a certain way. When we let go of the need to control that, to control what happens and how it happens. And we instead take it by moment and try to be in the moment as it arises. We find more satisfaction and happiness in our lives. For example, um, my child is a spirited child. And in the spirit mommy group, we often have situations where people will, let's say, for example, to have a picture day, a family picture day organized for their children. And they expect that what's going to happen is their spirited children are going to magically become the most well-behaved, well-thought-out children. Excuse me, very congested. Thank you, allergies, in this part of Canada where we get a lot of allergies this season. I am now in full allergy mode. Well, not full allergy mode, but a little bit, a little bit congestion. Anyways, pardon me. Um, So they expect their children to be these most well-behaved children to keep their clothes on and not tug and not tie and follow the directions of what the the photographer says. And it's going to be this magical, wonderful experience. And then it doesn't happen that way. Surprise. It doesn't because our children do not work according to our expectations. So their children don't want to follow suit. They don't want to listen. They don't want to pose. They don't want to stand their clothes. They don't want to do all this stuff. And then the parent ends up being very frustrated because it did not work out the way they expected it to work. Excuse me. They did not, it did not work out the way they expected it to work. And that creates 
its own brand of frustration. And then we become triggered by that because our ego is like, but it was supposed to happen this way. It has to happen this way. I wanted it to happen this way and it didn't. And then we get upset. If we let go of our need to control the situation and instead let our children wear what they want to wear, let them move the way they want to move, let them be who they are without trying to control them. What we end up is we do end up with wonderful family photos, maybe not the way that we wanted them to be, but we end up with children who are smiling, children who are enjoying stuff. We end up with photos that are genuine and happy with our families, not because we pose them in matching outfits in this specific place, in this specific way with these specific poses, but because we made the best of it and we were able to capture this wonderful moment with our family, which in the end is actually the most important part anyway. The thing we want is a picture on our wall that looks amazing with our children that we can look back on and be like, oh my gosh, that was such a great day. Instead of a picture where everybody's grumpy and there's moods and you don't get anything good and you're like, oh, well, that was just a, a crapshoot. Okay. Let go. Surrender. Let go of your need to control it and just let it be. So now that pulls into our next top talk about forgiveness. So when we get focused on our need to control and our need to make things happen the way that we want to, and then it doesn't happen that way, we end up angry and we end up with frustration and we end up with um, guilt. Well, not guilt, but frustration and um, anger and uh, bitterness and resentment. And that's all tied in with ego. Okay. These are all lower vibration things. These are things that don't serve our highest good. We are not our best selves when we are filled with anger and resentment and bitterness. We are not our best selves. You're kind of our, our least best selves. I don't want to say worst selves, but like not, not our best selves. We're not showing up to the table at our best versions, right? So learning to forgive is a way that we can let go and move forward. Again, surrendering. We are letting go and we are forgiving. And we are saying, I will no longer hold this. Now, when I say forgive, I don't mean that when someone has wronged you, that by forgiving, it makes what they did okay. It doesn't. Okay. It doesn't. You're not saying that what you're doing is okay. Go ahead and treat me this way. It's all right. You can go ahead. It's fine. I forgive you. You can keep doing it. That's not the same thing. Forgiving someone is letting go so that it does not continue to hurt you. They don't even have to know that you forgave them. It's not the point. The forgiveness isn't necessarily for them. The forgiveness is for you so that you are no longer holding on to that resentment that just honestly hurts you. Now, you need to, for, you need, part of learning to forgive is forgiving others, but forgiving yourself, okay? We can be so critical of ourselves. We can be so harmful to ourselves. When we don't do as well as we thought we could, again, that expectation, when we expect we're going to reach a certain goal and then we don't, we can be so hard on ourselves, so critical of ourselves. That inner critic comes out and tells you all about how you could have done it better, how you didn't do it right, how you should have done it, all in that basis of expectation. But when we learn to forgive and say, it's okay, you did the best that you could, 
in the moment. And that's good. That's enough. You are good enough. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the best. There's no such thing as perfect anyway. Perfect is based on expectation. And as we've already talked about, expectation is not beneficial. Expecting things to happen in a certain way does not make it better. It just holds you to a ridiculous standard that you can't meet. And then you beat yourself up because you couldn't meet it. Forgive yourself. Forgive others. Let go of the negativity that you are holding on to. People can only be what they are in the moment with what they know. Okay. If people could do better, they would. If they were more, just because they could do better on a different day doesn't mean they could do better that day. Their best that day is the best that day. Your best today may not look like your best yesterday or your best last week or your best next week. Your best today is the best you can do today. And that's okay. You do the best that you can with what you have. And everyone else is doing the same. They are doing the best they can with what they have in the moment that they have it. And that might be not so good. Maybe you didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe you're sleep deprived. Maybe you're hungry. Maybe you're not your best self. And you give the best you can in that moment. And that is the best you can do. You're tired. You're, you're overwhelmed. You, have, you, you, can't, you can't do better than that. And you can't ask people to do better than what they can do in the moment. Even if you know somewhere in your brain that they are capable of doing better, People do the best they can in the moment that they are in and with what they know. They give you your best and that's just it. You're doing your best all the time and so is everyone else. And that might not be the same. Your standard may not be the same as their standard. But that's where you learn to let go and surrender and stop trying to hold them to a standard and say, well, you were better last week and you should be better today. You don't know what's going on. So you forgive and you let go, okay? So there's a prayer. I took a course I mentioned before that I took a course called 21 Days of Prayer to Change Your Life. And we'll talk about different elements of that and how they are beneficial for your life and surrendering is one of them. I will let go. Um, I will let go of what I cannot change. But it's also, um, I let go at the beginning of the prayer, I usually start with, I let go and so it is. I let go. Whatever it is, I let it go. I let it go and let it exist in what it is because I cannot control it. So I give it up to the universe. I let go. Do what you need to do. I let go. I surrender. I let go. And there's also a forgiveness prayer. And I love this prayer. Okay. I do this all the time. And this really helped change my opinion of other people and of myself. So the prayer goes like this If I have harmed anyone, in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through my own confusions, I ask their forgiveness. If anyone has harmed me in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, through their own confusions, I forgive them. If there is a situation that I am not yet ready to forgive, I forgive myself. Now, here's the big one. 
for all of the ways that I harm, doubt, negate, judge, belittle, or be unkind to myself. I forgive myself. Now, as I'm saying that, I'm getting chills. This is such an important thing. We are so harsh with ourselves. We are so harsh. Okay. And I'm not just talking our physical appearance. So that's a big one for a lot of people. Okay. Looking in the mirror and saying, I'm so ugly. I'm so fat. I'm so this. I'm so that, da, 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 da. And just beating ourselves up. Honestly. Forgive yourself for talking to yourself that way. For all of the ways that you harm, doubt, negate, judge, belittle, or be unkind to yourself. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. You didn't know better. You couldn't do better. You tried. You continue to do better. When you know better, you do better. Ms. Maya Angelou said that. When you, if you didn't know any better, you couldn't do any better. When you do know better, you do better. Okay? If you didn't know better and you didn't learn to love yourself, for all the ways that you don't love yourself, forgive yourself for that. Apologize to yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I am sorry. I forgive you for all the ways that you hurt me. I forgive you for all the things that you said negatively about me. I forgive you and forgive yourself. Okay. So there's also another song by Leanne Rhymes in that same album chant called set me free. And in the words she says in that is love. Oh, love set me free. Set me free. Truth. Oh, truth, set me free, set me free. Forgiveness, set me free, set me free. This is powerful because love, loving yourself and loving others will set you free. It will release you from the bonds that are holding you and forcing you to be in this certain way. It lets you be free. You are no longer tied by those things. Truth, recognizing the, the uncomfortable truths, okay? Recognizing maybe where you need to grow and where others need to grow and being okay with that. Understanding the truth, knowing the truth will set you free forgiveness, forgiving yourself, forgiving others. This is big. Okay, people, this is big. I saw a meme and they used anger and I'm going to use that as well. Okay. It was a hand holding um, a hot coal, a fiery coal. And it said, holding on to anger is like holding on to a hot coal with the intention to throw it at others. The longer you hold it, the more it hurts you. Now, this is what I mean by forgiveness. The longer that you hold on to a grudge and your anger and resentment towards someone else does not change them. Okay. It does not 
change them. It does not make what happened different. It does not erase the past. It does not erase what they did. It does not change anything. You sitting there in your anger and resentment does not affect the other person. The only person it hurts is you. You are the only one hurt by that. You are the only one affected by that. Not them. You can sit there and say, oh, I'm so angry with my ex. I can't believe they did that thing to me. They did this horrible thing. I am so angry about that. And I will never forgive them for that. Do you think you're sitting there not forgiving them affects their life? It doesn't. The person's life it affects is you. The longer you hold on to that anger and resentment, the more it burns you. It stops you from living your life. It stops you from being free. It stops you from enjoying your life because all you can think about is how angry you are at that person. And it stops you from being your best self. So they don't even have to know that you forgave them. You let go of that and you forgive because it heals you. Okay. So I also saw a quote by somebody named R. Brault. And I shared this on my Facebook because I found this to be really helpful. Okay. The quote was, life becomes easier when you learn to accept the apology that you never got. Because if we're honest, if someone hurts you, they may not ever apologize. And even if they did, they may never apologize to the level that you want them to apologize to. Because sometimes if someone apologizes, it's not the way that you think they should apologize. And then it's, then it's still not good enough. They may never apologize. Does that mean you still hold on to that resentment? No. Why? They may never acknowledge what they did to you. But when you learn to accept the apology that you never got, your life becomes easier because you become set free. So you can do that in a visualization, in a meditation. And I have done this, okay? I harbored a lot of anger and resentment towards my mother for my childhood. My mother, I don't think will ever apologize because she, as we talked about before, she, for many people, her unresolved trauma caused her to behave that she, the way she did. And because she has not resolved her trauma, she can't see the trauma that she has spread on others. She does not feel that she has done anything wrong. And that's fine. At one time, I didn't think that was fine. But now I'm at the point of I understand. People cannot be more than what they are. If they don't know better, they can't do better. She didn't know better. She can't do better. And I forgive her for that. But I didn't for a long time. And I harbored that anger and resentment, and it only hurt me. So when I read this meme, I was having a lot of big feelings, anger and resentment about different things in my life regarding my mother, various different things. Okay. And what I did was I meditated on this idea of learning to accept the apology that I never got. So what I visualized in my mind, I closed my eyes and I did my deep breathing and I got centered. And then I pictured in my mind, my mother sitting in front of me in our dining room and me as a small child. I did this in in two ways. I originally envisioned envisioned myself as a small child sitting in front of her. And I envisioned myself as an adult sitting in front of her. And I pictured in my mind her apologizing to me for all the ways that she wronged me, for all the things that she did that caused me pain. 
I just pictured that. And I pictured her saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for hurting you. I'm sorry for not being the person you needed me to be. I'm sorry for letting my pain harm you. I'm sorry for all of the things. And it wasn't all necessarily details, okay? Sometimes if you want to, you can go into details. I'm sorry for this specific individual thing. But that's not the point, okay? You, I mean, you could do that, but you don't need to, okay? It's more about I'm sorry for the things I did that hurt you. And the feeling that you get from that, how it feels to have them say, to acknowledge the hurt that they caused you and apologize for that. And let that feeling wash over you, that feeling of they acknowledged it, they acknowledged my pain, they acknowledged the hurt that they caused me. And now that they have acknowledged it, I can let that go. And you just let it go. And in my, in my mind, I pictured her saying, I'm sorry, and me saying, I forgive you, mom. And that was so powerful. That was so powerful. In that same time when I did that, there were a lot of grievances I had with my partner about things that happened while I was in my trauma. And as my, again, as my therapist said, my wounded parts were hitting against his wounded parts and the way that I was treated. And there was a lot of resentment still tied in there and a lot of hurt. And I don't think that I will ever fully receive a full apology because his wounded parts were affected by my wounded parts and his, you know, maybe one day, but that's, that's not the point. Okay. The, the resentment is harmful to me and doesn't let me move forward and holds me in this space where I'm seeing him and being angry and being resentful about that. And that serves none of us any good, does not help me be a better partner to him, does not help me be a better person to myself. So I pictured in my mind in this visualization of my partner apologizing for the things that I was holding resentment for, the feelings that I had, the things that I felt that he could have done differently, the things that I felt that he didn't do well, apologizing for those things. And they were like individual things. And at one point there was I, okay, I won't go into it because I'm, I want to make sure that I keep things separate. I don't want to share too much because it would be disrespectful. This is boundaries as I'm learning new things about boundaries. Part of my healing is learning boundaries because boundaries were not modeled for me. As I mentioned in the, the generational talk, boundaries were not brought up for me in my childhood. They were not healthy boundaries. And I'm still learning this one. Boundaries are a new topic for me. They're a new, <laughs> a new skill. And I'm learning where boundaries are. So I won't go into the specific details, okay? Because it's, it doesn't really matter. The point of it is in my mind, picturing the apology, there was a wave that washed over me and I cried. Where I was, I sat and I cried. The relief that I felt at receiving an apology for the things that had caused me hurt just caused this big emotional flood and all of these tears started just, and I sobbed for a minute as I just felt this big relief in it and ended it with it saying, I forgive you and I love you. And that healed so much for me, so much. 
I, I've never told my husband about this because it, it doesn't really matter. I've never told him the apology that I pictured in my mind and what I needed to do because my healing process doesn't, isn't a reflection of him. It is my healing process as how I process and I let go. And I have had to learn to accept the apology I never got and just visually imagine it. In the Hawaiian tradition, um, there is something called, I'm, I'm going to butcher this. I know I'm going to try really hard to say it properly. Ho'oponopono. And it's a forgiveness. Okay. Ho'oponopono. And what it is, is you are saying, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Now, sometimes this feels really silly. When I first started learning to do it in my 21 days to uh, 21 days of prayer to change your life, I felt silly. And she started off um, Angela Montenegro, Monte, Mont, Montano. I, I'm, I'm pronouncing that wrong. So sorry, Angela. Um, I will link that in the show notes um, if you are interested in taking that course. I found it very beneficial, particularly if you uh, have a negative connotation with prayer like I do, being raised in a Christian home and the prayer associated with that, I found to be very difficult um, by learning these new types of prayer and these new types of connection that spread across different genres of spirituality really was beneficial. For me and I do this as part of my morning meditation every morning. I do my meditation and then I do my prayer right after my meditation. And I found this to be incredibly beneficial. In that, she explained that you are you start off with just saying it to the universe for all the, the wrongs that you've done, anything that you have done wrong, you just say to the universe, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And the thank you goes with the forgiveness of being forgiven by the universe. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. Now you can do this directly to people. Okay. Some of the Hawaiian tradition, um, what I was, there was something I was reading that was talking about um, different belief systems that went on between the four separate segments of Hawaii, that they used to be four separate kingdoms in Hawaii. Um, Hawaii, Kauai, um, Oh, I don't remember them all. So sorry. I, I've, ah, I wish I could. My brain is just not keeping up with me right now. Uh, but the different islands were different kingdoms. And in some areas, the, uh, the act of ho'oponopono is done face-to-face -face with the person saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. And when the person forgives, thank you. I love you. And then other ones, it's done as an individual technique, visualizing in your mind as an internal behavior, just to clear the spirit, clear your soul, clear your spirit, your internal self. I use it more as an internal self, but I have used it um, directly with people as well. And it's just saying, again, that for all the ways that I, I have harmed others, if I've harmed anyone in any way, either knowingly or unknowingly, by my own confusions, I ask their forgiveness. This is the same idea. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I will repeat that over and over as a mantra. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And after a while, it starts to really feel, it's like I feel a weight lift. 
And I feel peace and calm with that. And I feel more centered and aware and more myself and more, more open, more authentic, releasing that. Okay. Forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about you. It's about letting go of that negativity that is holding you back and holding you down. When we forgive others, we free ourselves to be authentic and true. And that's very important. That's very valuable to self. So to recap, to finish our talk, the important part in this stuff is saying, I let go and I forgive. I let go of the need to control myself and others. I let go of the anger and resentment I hold. I forgive you for the wrongs that you have done to me. I forgive myself for the times that I was not kind to myself and I was not good to myself and I didn't love myself and I am sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. We need to let go. We need to stop trying to control everyone else around us. We need to stop holding this anger and resentment. We need to let go of these things because they do not serve our highest good. They do not make us our best selves. They do not make us better people. They just hold us in these ugly patterns that prevent us from enjoying our lives. So I hope that my talk today has helped you. I hope that in all of this, you can learn to let go. Let the universe, there's that phrase, let go and let God. Jesus take the wheel. There's the other one, Jesus take the wheel. Saying, I don't need to control every aspect of everything. I don't know how it's going to turn out. I don't. I don't. I have no idea. All I can do is let go and let whatever energy, whatever force works in the universe, to let it do its thing. As I continue to heal and continue to affect the things that I can, and I can grow and I can help myself and I can heal the things that hold me back and I can become a better person. And that's within my control to do. And I keep doing that and let other people walk their path because everyone else is walking their own path. They're walking their own path of healing. Whether they choose to heal or not, is not up to you. Even if you want them to, nobody changes unless they are ready to change. It's like the old joke, how many therapists does it take to change a light bulb? None. The light bulb has to want to change. You can't make people change. No amount of guilting them, shaming them, tough loving them. None of that. None of that will make people change until they are ready to change. So being upset about it does not help. You can't fix it. It's not within your control. So let go. Let go of controlling it. Let go of expectations. Let go. Live in the moment, moment to moment. Enjoy the moments as they come. Feel the feels. Let the feelings come. Let them happen and let them pass through you and let them go again. Stop trying to control and just be and be grateful and be thankful for what you have. And tell the universe, I let go. I let go of my need to control. And for those who have wronged me, I forgive them. I do not harbor ill will towards them anymore. I forgive them. Because forgiving heals your heart and your soul.
So thank you for coming to my podcast today. I hope that I've helped you. I hope that you take what I've given. And if something doesn't resonate with you, that's okay. Take what what resonates, leave behind what doesn't. Not all of it's going to be for you and not all of it's going to be your cup of tea. Oh, I almost forgot. Um, I got these new cards that I want to try out. These are called um, I Am Everything Affirmation Card Deck created by Teresa Clark. Now I'm not, there's no sponsorship, no affiliation with this. This is just a deck of cards I bought because I liked them and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do them. So I'm going to shuffle them and just like with tarot, I'm going to have one pop out and I'm going to read it. So the card I got today to share with the collective, okay, to share with all of you is I am perceptive. My intuition is powerful. When I am unsure, my intuition is sure. I strengthen my intuition by trusting it and responding to its impulses. I am perceptive. So I want you to remember that I am perceptive. Let your intuition guide you. Let your intuition tell you when something feels wrong or right. Start to trust your intuition. by You can strengthen it by listening to it more. All right, fellow humans, I love you. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. Please don't forget to join me next week when I will be speaking with Emily Innes. And we will be talking about relationships and unresolved trauma and how each of your wounded parts and your unresolved trauma can affect your relationship and what you can do about that. Until next week, love and light, fellow human. Have a great week.